You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to visit with some of our missionary friends today. I'm very excited about that. We are heading to Eurasia today. Well, actually, they're coming to us. We never really get to go to them. We never get to go anywhere. <laughs> that would be really fun. Um, World tour. They're coming hour. to us. Uh, our friends from the Czech Republic are coming to us today, and we get to share an update on the Lord's work in Eurasia today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us in studio today. Today, the Helgi family of Benjamin and Rebecca Helgi. Thank you so much for joining us in studio today. It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We are just excited to catch up on the Lord's work. It's been a while. We were chatting before we started recording today. It's We can't remember when the last time was that we recorded. We know it's been the last few years, but we don't remember exactly when it was. So it's nice to get to catch up. And Rebecca, it's nice to have you in studio. I don't think we've ever had a chance to chat with you. So we're excited to hear your story as well. Let's talk about where you live and serve in Eurasia. Yeah, so we're located in the eastern part of the Czech Republic. We always tell people you've probably heard of Prague mm. or been there. A lot of people have gone there. It's gorgeous. Becca lived there for 10, ten years, years, right? Yeah. Wow. Before we got married and then she moved out east where I have been for the last 10 years now. We're in the town of Ostrava. But we do a lot of our work, local work and outreach in the city of Havirov, youngest city in the Czech Republic, built in 1955. I believe under well under communism so it looks very different than your typical european city hmm. there's no church on the square it wasn't allowed there's a catholic church that could be built but outside the city limits so it's just a very interesting unique area it has socialist realism architecture so very functional in that sense um it has its own charm, I guess we could say. <laughs> it was built as housing for miners because there are mines that pe- basically people came from all over the country to work, live there and work there so that they could go work in the mines. So, Very interesting. Yeah, I love that we've already gotten to architecture. I know. Oh. <laughs> Modern art and architecture. It's great. So what is the, what is the culture? What are, what are some of the unique things about where you live, where you get to serve? It's very... Blue collar. There's quite a few factories. Are very industrial. So obviously mines. So mining coal. But there's large steelwork factories. There's uh, the Hyundai factory, like car company. Oh. So a lot. There's a lot of shift work. So it 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 has that culture, that vibe. Pretty mm-hmm. fairly relaxed then. But there's some mountains nearby as well. So people like going out in nature then when they have the time. Everyone goes to get fresh air, get outside the city, get away from the pollution and whatnot. Yeah, and the city we live in is about 300,000. And then the place where we're serving specifically is about 70,000. Yeah, I don't know any other cultural things. Having moved from Prague. It's different. (laughs) (laughs) We were living in Havyshov, the town that we described to you. And we moved to Ostrava because it's the third largest city in the country. Mm. And so it resembles... Prague a little bit more, mm-hmm. like the architecture or the services that are available. One thing about Havyushov is that there's not much to do and not many places to go. We weren't living in the downtown area, which is developing and changing. Actually, there is more culture or cafes or things like this, but we were a bus ride away or a car drive away from the center, so... Living in Ostrava now, I feel a little bit better to go outside and just walk down the street and 
walk along the river, go to the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With our son. Yeah. yeah. The son, I was so. going to say, life has changed uh, a bit for you guys since the last time we talked with you. Talk about that a little bit. We well, have a 19-year-old. Uh, 19-month-old. Uh, yeah, I hope we don't have a 19-year-old. That would be old. fast. <laughs> and we could have adopted. But <laughs> that would be a change. 19-month-old. Yeah. His name is Victor. Uh-huh. Yes, he speaks English and Czech for, you know, as much as a 19-month-old speaks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's very sociable, so that's really good. Yeah. He's handling like our travels in America very well or just mm. yeah I think he has Ben's personality go with the flow <laughs> new new place every day <laughs> 19 month old that means he's mobile as well oh yeah he has been since he was about 11 months old he's been walking so he's a little and, bit big for his and age. getting into everything so of even course. in the building here mm-hmm. today just we Fantastic. visited a different yeah. pla- different offices and just wants to touch everything so mm-hmm. I love it that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean then for, well, let's talk about some of the work that you've been given to do the, to do the Lord's work in Eurasia. And then we'll talk about how parenting and things like that play a role in that work as well. Mm. So what are some of the things that you've been given? What are the needs in the community where you mm-hmm. live and serve now? Yeah. Well, so overall, right, International Mission, LCMS International Mission has these three focuses, right? Planning Lutheran churches, sharing the gospel and showing mercy. And so a lot of what we do is, well, we do work with a church plant. I'm now the lay leader of it. So it's like I, I organize, I'm organizational everything. So when we have Sunday services, I get the local pastor to come to preach and lead the service, make sure we have whoever's doing the music that's there, you know, presentation or whatever we need that falls on me, as well as then outreach things associated with the church plant. And we have about 15 people that regularly join us on a Sunday, but multi-generational. There's some elderly people and all the way down to, you know, Victor's the youngest, but another <laughs> family with a young kid. So it's it's a joy to be there and to be working in this way. And then it's connected to showing mercy, which is then also sharing the gospel and Many people think of showing mercy as like medical mercy, right? Like going somewhere to treat an individual or help them with this medical issue. But we view mercy as also teaching English, right? And that's because it's a very, it's a physical need. Someone learning English in another part of the world means they have access to different resources or every resource almost, right? Because it's either something's written in English or translated into English. But they could also get a better job meaning they make more money, they could travel. Some elderly people want to learn English because they have grandkids living abroad Mm -hmm. or growing up abroad and they don't speak Czech, so they want to be able to travel there and talk with their grandkids. So when it's connected then with the church and the sharing of the gospel, right, we have mercy work. So that's a lot of what we do lately. Becca and I, we've been teaching in elementary school, working with eighth and ninth graders, more so so like middle school, I guess. But then we host an English talk group for high school kids during the week. We've had English for adults, for beginners, for advanced individuals. And yeah, we explore new ways to just use English as that bridge to share the gospel. Um, and then that also includes, you know, English Bible camps, which we've talked about, I think, on the coffee hour before, not only in the Czech Republic, but in Poland and some other places. So I help with writing curriculum for that and, and organizing them and then also supervising some of the missionaries around Eurasia. So 
it's cool that we have a local ministry all the way out to like kind of regional uh, support and and supporting the mission in that way. Mm-hmm. Becca, how does that play into how are you involved in all of this and also parenting a 19 month old in the midst of all of the the stuff that you're doing, the services on Sunday, the mercy work, all of those things? Yeah, so I helped at the middle school do conversation. I basically did two classes and then we would switch off and Ben would do the next two classes. So we took turns with Victor. And then for the adult English classes, I led the advanced conversation and Ben led the beginner class because he is better at teaching English than I am. I can have a conversation with someone and say, that's not right (laughs) how you've said that and give them another option or... Yeah, so I enjoy that more than teaching the nitty gritty and the grammar. Yeah. Mostly because I don't really know it myself yet. (laughs) I know I could learn it, but yeah, so Ben is really good at giving me opportunities to help and do things. (laughs) So he'll watch Victor too, basically. But I do spend a lot of time watching Victor or we have some friends who are really good at helping out. Since we don't have family around, that's Mm -hmm. maybe... In America, you have your you know, mom or mother-in-law that will help you with the baby or some other relative, but we don't have that, so we rely on our church family. Um, yeah. Now, prior to, uh, before you guys were married, you, you've been in the Czech Republic for a while. What were some of the things you were doing before, the, before serving with LCMS International Mission? Yeah, so I was working at the Christian International School of Prague, and I was teaching literature and Bible in the secondary school. So I was with another mission agency at that point, um, and it was amazing. It started, it started, the school started 15, 20 years ago now. Oh, it's been a long time. <laughs> and it was started by missionaries there. And then it spread to just being a mission to internationals. So they had kids from all over the world and a lot of them from non-Christian backgrounds. So it was amazing because we got to, you know, share with the nations about Jesus in one location. And I really, I loved, I loved working there. It was really hard to leave actually, but... I felt God was calling me in another direction. So that was work with a lot of internationals, and now I'm working with nationals, with Czechs, which when I first moved abroad, that's what I was expecting. So, And then it wasn't like that, so it was... I was like, oh, do I want to do this? But I ended up staying 10 years, and yeah, I loved it. And now I've moved into this role with nationals. And how has that helped you in... How did your previous work help you in what you get to do today? I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, there is a, actually, it's interesting because there is a school, it's not Lutheran, but it is a Christian school and non-affiliated in our region. And like, I don't know, seven years ago when I was living in Prague, one of their teachers who was also a missionary came and talk to our to teachers at our school and I had this thought even then oh maybe someday I'll work there and now I live in the region so it's like oh maybe I could do that and their ministry is basically it's a Czech school but they teach it's a it's a language high school so they focus on English so I could be of help there so we'll see how that works out 
Who knows? But I mean, <laughs> just being a teacher gives you all these skills to talk in front of people or lead things, right? So that's how it helps. That's how it contributes. We are catching up with the Helgi family serving the Lord in Eurasia today. We'll take a quick break. When we come back from that, we'll continue learning more about the Lord's work in Eurasia, particularly in the Czech Republic. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with Benjamin and Rebecca Helgi, who are serving the Lord in Eurasia, living in the Czech Republic. Now, we've we've talked about a variety of things, being new parents and serving in teaching English and, and administration work that, that you do, Ben, in in the, the ways that you're given to serve there. You also mentioned music. I think maybe that was before we went before we started recording months, today, because yeah, yeah. I know you have a background in music, a degree in, in music as well. Do you still get to serve in music where you're serving today? I do. I do. Yeah, I study music education, so I'm not really teaching music, teaching English, of mm-hmm. course, but then I've been using music by singing in a band. So with a few, well, few, we have, let's see, four or five, six others that are Czechs that play in the band or two other women that sing with us. And we, it started at rather small, just playing for stuff at church or going around to some of the other local congregations to help with that. But now we've trying to, we're doing some other projects, trying to expand the work, I guess, of the band or viewing it also as mission and providing the church with some new songs, new music to sing, but also wanting to write and produce music that could be used in general in a secular society, be it Czech, singing in Czech or singing in English. So actually right before we flew to America, we recorded four new songs some of ours some were like songs in english that we translated into czech and then actually did like a live kind of session in one of the churches nearby us where we invite about 30 of the local congregation members to sing along to be part of it so even their voices are on the recording and then we'll release it here in the next month month or so i think but our band's name is lift up some of the stuff's on youtube spotify apple music whatever so you can check it out. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to going back and writing some new music and also stuff that's even distinctly Lutheran because a lot of music is it's not bad, right? But it it's not pointing to some of the very specific doctrinal things that we have that are so rich. And so I'd love to help the church and others better see that and have a way to express that. What is that like for you to be able to use music as a tool to reach into communities because I, I know when we talk with other missionaries in other regions music is a very unique way of reaching into communities because you can connect with people maybe maybe with the music first and then be like oh hey this is actually about Jesus and this is why what is that like for you to be able to use music as a mission mission tool mm-hmm. I'm like yeah very similar ways I think one 
we can help always point the church back to Christ in that, right? Of course. But to then, yeah, creating something that is like that makes someone stop and think. Um, and so I like the po- the like poetry, right? Is That's what song lyrics are. It's poetry. And so one song that I wrote was, it's in English we have it, and it's called Nothing. But it's about how, right, there's nothing. It's And it's actually God singing the song to us, essentially, right? So the the reverse but how he says there's nothing that you can do right that will make you love you any less right um i love you in spite of us being horrid sinners right and i send my son to die right for the forgiveness of your sins and then rise again so through lyrics such as this like to make yeah make people stop and think and then when we're singing it we often have the platform to say well here's what this is about right so it is that unique way even when people are maybe like not into Christianity, they'll listen to a song and through that hear hear the gospel message, the good news. You've mentioned a few people that you get to serve alongside, other musicians that you get to serve alongside, obviously husband and wife getting to serve <laughs> together as well, which is beautiful. Who are some of the other people you get to serve alongside in the Lord's work in Eurasia? Well, about 30 minutes away from us is Chelsea Irwin. And she is the coordinator for volunteer opportunities. She might have been in recently. Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk to her not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she's great. She's an extension of our family in that she even comes and hangs out with Victor or watches him. She studied early childhood education. So she knows all the ins and outs of what Victor needs to (laughs) continue to learn and grow. And so we're, yeah, that's kind of our little tiny team and Salasia, right, the eastern part of the Czech Republic. And with Chelsea, the plan is to start a baby club mm-hmm. so that we can reach mothers in the area from the uh, the community center where we have our church plant mm-hmm. and where we teach English. So she would lead the program and then I would meet with the moms and watch Victor. But that's so that's in the works. That doesn't happen yet, but that is something that's forthcoming that she has shown interest in. Yeah. And then she also helps do English Bible camps and writing the curriculum and bringing volunteers over, hosting them, not just in our region or in our little area of the country, but throughout the region. So her work extends and beyond where we're at. And then there's some colleagues in Prague. Yeah, so we we see them off and on when we go to visit, and it's always a joy to hear what God is doing through them. Mm -hmm. But then there are also the Czechs that we work with, the the local Czech congregation. So Ben has had a team for English talk group for many years now. Uh, and there are three young Czech people who help with that. You want to talk about them? Oh, all? well, yeah. No, I mean, we don't want everything to just be on us. We want the locals to be a part of it because ultimately, well, we, we should be working ourselves out of a job in mm-hmm. that sense, right? We want to turn everything over once... I'm sure you could probably be used wherever for your entire life, but there are certain roles and functions that we we would like to step out of so that the locals do take over it. So yeah, we have Mm -hmm. students that help lead. There's now a team that's going to help me with the organizational aspect of the community center and the church plant that we work with. And then, and it's all connected to the local church there. The Salesian Evangelical Church of the Augsburg Confession is their full name. (laughs) So yeah, it's all it's it's with the locals there, not just on us. So that's a good point, Becca. Yeah, it's it's not just us as Americans, but us as a team. 
from both countries. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the partner church, any of the history that, that you know, but that relationship of the partner church with the work that you get to do. Yeah, there's been, it's historic in that sense. It's not a new church. It's been around for quite a while. And it's during the time of like, back, even back to the counter-reformation, right? There was, the church was there. It met in forest churches to survive because you couldn't gather as a as a Protestant or as a Lutheran church. And so or there was one building allowed to be built during that time where everyone could travel to, but people would go four hours just to get to church on Sunday. So they have mm-hmm. stood and endured over time. And then, of course, during communism as well, again, gathering not so much in the forest, but being very weary of who might come into the church and um, what be a spy, right? Someone not wanting you to having youth group or certain aspects of the church that weren't allowed during that time. And now for then 30 years, the church is in freedom, I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's still learning how to reach out because that wasn't a part of the their life as a church for a long time. So that's one joy I guess we get to do as well is to help people see, well, here's some ways we could be out in the community. And they're good at focusing internally. They're great at that, um, taking care of their congregation members. But we're now helping them turn outward and say, hey, you know, we're called to go out as well. Um, so there's yeah, great history there. And there's been missionaries there before us. And I believe there'll be missionaries after us or we'll continue to work there and continue to build up that relationship with, with Salesian Evangelical Church there and then the LCMS as well. With the the history that you've shared with us about that region and, and communism, the impact of communism on the culture, how are Lutherans perceived and received, or, or the church in general, um, received by many in the, the community and the culture where you serve? Yeah, so actually the de-Christianization of the Czech Republic started a really long time ago, before communism. It goes back to... Um, battles like the Thirty Years' War, mm-hmm. you know, when the the Catholics and the Protestants were fighting each other, and so yeah, this I think a lot of Americans and maybe in general people in general have a conception that communism is what brought the church low. In the Czech Republic, that's it's it started a long, long time ago. Distrust of organized religion, and if you're familiar with Jan Hus, mm-hmm. for instance, or John Hus, yeah. as it's anglicized. I mean, he was the reformer before Luther, and he was from the Czech, well, the Czech lands. So when the Catholics, well, burned him at the stake and then later fought back and were able to take over the Czech lands again, like when the Austro-Hungarians started ruling, the Czechs had this huge distrust of Catholicism. And for instance, another missionary told me that he had a Buddhist Czech friend that said, we don't like religion because we were Protestants who were made to be Catholics or something, you know, just... So there's this complicated, long history of de-Christianization that started way before communism. I can't remember the original question. <laughs> well, how are how are Lutherans and, and, uh, and Christians in general perceived or received? Oh, okay, so yeah, so um, really, so this de-Christianization has been going on for so long that there are many Czechs who do not know anything about 
Jesus. Just actually, the only thing they know about Jesus is like little baby Jesus who comes at Christmas through the window to bring gifts. So they don't have Santa. Yeah. They have Yezhishek, he's called, baby Jesus. So they actually, a lot of them are very open to learning something as a like a cultural experience or knowledge Mm -hmm. but they don't they don't know a lot so they're not there are not very many hardcore atheists for instance that's not what you find in fact ben likes to share this one percent statistic yeah like from the last census most of your or all of europe essentially declined in its interest in spirituality or christianity except the czech republic it went up by one percent and not meaning that one percent is now more or like claimed to be christian but there was more interest and so it's just a very bizarre kind of thing happening or maybe it's not right god is at work his spirit's at work but to see numbers like that yeah one percent more people in the most one of the most agnostic countries in the world like that's something and so there yeah people are interested they want to know i i think maybe the older generation has that distrust of christianity or christian or if their grandkid becomes a christian they often are a bit upset about it but over time they realize Okay, or they'll say, I guess your life, do what you want kind of thing. <laughs> but in, as a whole, we I, we don't feel that persecution or that there is this hate or at all towards Christians or towards Lutherans. or Really, there's like 1% of the, so 10% is Catholic about, at least claim to be Catholic. And then 1% or less are every other denomination. So it's a bit like Lutheranism is super small, even though, right, Rebecca talked about it has the history in, Lutheranism in Protestantism, mm-hmm. right? The ref- there was the Reformation there. There, all this was there. So you can even point people back to the history, and they say, like, "Oh, like this is part of me. Like this is our country's mm-hmm. history. It's not a a bad thing or a strange thing. It is. It is from here. Was here, and and is still here." So. Mm-hmm. How can we stay informed on the Lord's work in Eurasia and what's going on with your family? I mean, online, of course, there's plenty of resources. I guess maybe you can link to different websites instead of listing them off. But we send out a newsletter. And I believe if you go to our lcms.org slash Helge page, H-E-L-G-E, you can sign up for our newsletter digitally that way. So we try to be faithful in sending that out. And I mean, otherwise, there's plenty of opportunities, even just listening here, right, to hear more about what God is doing. So. That's right. Our guests today, Benjamin and Rebecca Helgi, serving the Lord in Eurasia. Thank you so much for spending time with us in the studio. It's always great to catch up with you guys. Thanks for being our guests. You're very welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.